Pitt tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. at not Heinz Field. I'm excited. Owen's excited. Notre Dame, trap game. Clemson, cursed by Owen. Okay? You throw those right out. This one should be a win. Lockdown Syracuse starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Friday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free. We're available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, I'm very excited for this episode. I'd like to start it off by looking in the comments section from yesterday's episode, just to shout out one man, Joey Aragon, who has been commenting on every single episode for quite a while now. Joey, we enjoy your comments every day. I'd like to read a couple of them. Uh, people in this comment section, Owen, are really a mixed bag on you. Uh, one guy says, the tough luck for Syracuse is all Owen's fault. The Orange started struggling when he picked Clemson over Cuse. It's his fault. He jinxed Cuse. All right. How do you feel about that? Um, that hurts. I put my Syracuse hat on, but I could switch back to the Clemson hat. Now hold uh, on. I'm a Syracuse fan. Further, but I'm also a fan of being right. Before you go any further, Joey Aragon then says Owen Valentine is slowly but surely on his way to the Syracuse Communications Hall of Fame. Wow. How about that? That's a big so switch. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Um, I also want to say that Joey says Lockdown Syracuse is my only listen, day and night. In fact, this channel occupies the majority of my time these days as I seek a more meaningful existence. Thank you. Wow. Well, you're welcome, Joey. We're happy Thanks, to Joey. supply that. We have we enjoy reading your comments every day and we are appreciative of your listenership. So thank you. Uh, and shout out to you for, for commenting and listening every day. Uh, if you want to be like Joey, come on over to YouTube, start commenting. I read them all. I don't know about Owen, but I read them all. Um, most. All right. Let's talk pit, man. Uh, this is a game that Syracuse very much needs. The football team is six and two on the season. Basketball starts on Monday. So it's going to be the first time since 2018 that people are excited about both sports at one time. Uh, this is a 3.30 game at Pitt. Syracuse has not won at Pitt since 2001, as we learned on yesterday's episode. It's hard to win there. Um, they've seen mediocre Pitt teams, good Pitt teams, bad Pitt teams over the years. doesn't matter. They still can't win. In 2018, they should have won that game on paper, but in overtime, the Panthers won 44-37. That was my freshman year, and it was a tough one. I won't lie. Uh, Owen, what is the thing that you want to see in this game? In this game, I want to see a defensive player in the secondary show out and shine. You have the news, right? We, we know the Garrett Williams situation. We know what's happening, right? Torn ACL, out for the season. He has stepped up in big moments consistently 
throughout the year. You go back to game one, the interception against Louisville. You go back to a couple of other turnovers that he has forced. He has stepped up a number of different times. And this is not to say that other defensive backs have not played well throughout the season because they have, but it's time for, in his absence the rest of the season, somebody new to step up and take the reins in the secondary. I don't exactly know who that is. Uh, there are some guys. We were just talking about Jason Simmons before we hopped on. Jihad Carter could be that guy. You, know, you look to the other cornerback of that star-studded corner duo in Deuce Chestnut. Who's going to be the guy that steps out? Is it your boy Cinco Bones? Who could be That's that guy. guy that steps up? Uh, and is that defensive back to to heighten their role now that there is a little bit more responsibility to pick up uh, and show out to help this secondary succeed? There is, fortunately for Syracuse, a decent amount of depth in the secondary. Not a ton, but enough that they can recover from this and still succeed this season at their spots. Uh, you're just going to need somebody to step up, and I think this game will show us who that will be. And we will see who that will be. My headphones, I think, just died in my ear. So if you just got a little audio glitch, I apologize for that. It's classic Valentine. Um, yeah, I mean, with Garrett out, you need somebody else to step up. Maybe it's Owen's guy, Jeremiah Wilson, who he was so high on. Maybe it's Isaiah Jones, who absolutely destroyed Syracuse's chances late in the Clemson game. Who knows? Probably not him. Uh, okay. I'll tell you who what my thing is. I don't want my jaw to be on the floor after some Syracuse awful play calling, okay? If my jaw's on the floor, I want it to be because Robert and I have shown me a new play that I've never seen in my life, and it worked, all right? It's not going to be because you just gained nine yards and your next decision is to give Courtney Jackson the ball on a reverse end around, all right? I don't want to see that. Keep it simple, all right? This is not an NFL team you're working with. You're working with the Syracuse Orange, okay? And you've got to know that going in because this team can only take so much complexity with the ball. They can barely snap the ball without a foul, all right, without a penalty. Carlos Vettorello doesn't even know what his job is, okay? He's getting snap infractions all year long. Just make it simple. Give ball to running back. He run. That's all we need. OK, I don't need to see, you know, some guy throwing the ball back. He pitches it over here. Crazy formations. They can't get it right. Just gain yardage the way you know how. OK, that's how things are going to work for this team. I don't want to see some crazy play call. That's what I don't want. Oh, and what is your question going into this game? My question going into this game is how does Syracuse distribute the ball? And it's there's a number of different things, and Bones is gonna laugh at me. You you two people might realize what just I watched happened. you read that. I forget. I try my best. Uh, how does Syracuse distribute the ball? And that's that's a twofold question here for me. The first part is I'm looking at that run pass distribution, and I think that that can vary a little bit depending on who is starting at quarterback for Syracuse. We are still up in the air on that. We haven't really heard anything. Uh, I'm leaning towards Del Rio Wilson in terms of what I would think because we, you know, as we were told, a healthy Garrett Schrader starts without question. And I can't imagine he is healthy because Dino did not come out and say that Schrader is starting. And that should have been the narrative if he was healthy. Uh, how do they distribute the football? And that is something that we learned when you look at the way Del Rio Wilson is playing quarterback. He is getting the ball to a heck of a lot more receivers. He's getting further in progressions, and he is throwing the ball to the open man, not just option one on the play. And you saw out of Schrader, 
the last play of the Clemson game on offense, the first play of the Notre Dame game on offense. His mind was made up before the play started. He was throwing the ball to Aronde Gadsden, and those were two forced passes. I want to see how they distribute the ball in this game. We talked about it. In the third quarter against uh, Notre Dame, there were seven different players with a target out of the 11 passes, I think, or the 10 passes, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, seven out of the nine pass attempts in the third quarter were to different receivers for Syracuse. That is the distribution that's going to allow them to succeed, and that is going to allow Aronde Gadsden to have even more success when you have to distribute that defensive focus. So twofold, right? Pass run distribution and the receivers and who is catching the ball in terms of the distribution as well in this game. I like that. Uh, something I thought about as well is, just trying to get, I mean, when you have Carlos at the helm, I feel like it's even easier to see other guys get the ball. I mean, when he came in against Notre Dame, Demarcus Adams caught a football. Damian Alford caught a football. It wasn't just Aronde, 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 you know? Uh, so tunnel vision is not something that Carlos Del Rio Wilson deals with nearly as much as Garrett Schrader does, and that's a huge plus for him in that comparison. A uh, question for me going into this one before we take a break is, what does Tony White do uh, to mix things up against Israel Abanacanda, the best running back in the ACC. Does he do anything different on that defensive front? I mean, a 3-3-5 defense is going to have trouble against the best running back in the country. I mean, even, even if you had some of the best guys uh, in the conference on that defensive line, you're going to struggle. So uh, Syracuse's defensive line needs help. I think everybody knows that. Again, we love Kayvon Darton on this podcast. He just can't get it done every time out. The guy is a walk-on that earned a scholarship. Um, a great a great player for what his expectations are, but he just can't be the number one nose tackle on the team, especially against a running back this good. So I want to see, does Tony White do anything differently against this offense? What is the plan? What is the story for Tony White in this one? I dig it. I, I think that's a really good one. And we go back to Darton for a second, and I feel like every time – I hear that it just brings me back to everyone says the sawed off nose tackle. And it's like when you called Dolajai the Slovakian sophomore or whatever it was, like it was, it's just the, the phrase that rolls off the tongue for Darton is the sawed off nose tackle. I think I heard it from three or four different parties, unrelated, completely different entities last week heading into that Notre Dame game. And it's, it is a reflection of the undersize of that line. And, and Syracuse needs to be able to figure something out, right? You're not going to bring in the size, right? You don't have the size just sitting there waiting to come in. You've got to play with what you have. And so you do need to look for Tony White to have some sort of change because Izzy does have the power and the ability uh, to torch you as he has torched pretty much every team, and not pretty much, he has torched every team, as we were talking about yesterday, where he's touched the ball 10 or more times. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break before we get to our chat with Chadwick to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. It's easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they will finish higher or lower in any given statistic. One of the easiest fantasy-to-play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single 
game. Sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Again, one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, now it is time for our chat with Chadwick that we still don't have an open for, but we've got that. We've got that, which says a chat with Chadwick. All right, Max, <laughs> we're happy to have you once again. How are you, pal? I'm doing great, guys. You know, unfortunately, you know, we mentioned in the last week that Notre Dame game was a little bit of a trap game for Syracuse. I said Notre Dame's a very, very good team. Don't sleep on them. And Maybe Syracuse falls asleep a little bit. Now, I do think the Garrett Schrader injury played a big part in that loss, but, yeah, it was a, a tough outing for the Orange, for sure. It was bad. I saw with my own two eyeballs. Were you First there? game you I went there, to right? since yeah. 2018, and I broke my streak. I should have just left it. The last one I'd seen was the FSU win in 2018. I should have left it at that. I wow. left it on a win. Bowling, I don't know when yeah. the next game I'll be, I'll be to is. So, you know, that was bad. Uh, but give us some numbers on this one, Max. Yeah, you guys mentioned like the entire Pittsburgh offense can be boiled down to one man. That one man is Israel Benacanda. Like he, like you guys mentioned, he's one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, we posted a stat on, on the PFF College account. Would you go follow that too? He has twelve rushing touchdowns of ten or more yards. That's double any other running back in the country. Like the next closest running back has six rushing touchdowns of ten or more yards. Abanacanda has twelve. This guy is an explosive, explosive running back. He leads the nation in rushing touchdowns. He has 16 rushing touchdowns. He's at 1,088 rushing yards already. It's the third most in the country. Um, and 574 yards have come before contact, uh, which is the most in the country for running backs. You might think, oh, okay, so Pitt's offensive line is what's doing you know, the brunt of the work there. Pitt's offensive line has only a 55.2 run blocking grade, which is the 17th worst in the Power Five. So that on the surface doesn't really make too much sense. When you watch a bad Akanda, you can see that his speed, his explosiveness, doing a lot of the work. Like, is he going to break a ton of tackles? No, probably not. But he's going to run right past you and not even give you the opportunity to tackle him, which is how you know he can have so many yards before contact, and yet the offensive line at Pitt is – really not that good at all. So Banacanda is just exploding through those tiny holes that they create for him. So he is definitely the guy to keep an eye on for the Syracuse defense. Uh, Keaton Slovis, their quarterback, 69.4 passing uh, grade this season. That's 88th among 144 FBS quarterbacks. You know, he's a guy at USC, was terrific as a true freshman. Look like a future top five pick at USC. Then kind of started to taper off a little bit. Then he had to transfer uh, to Pitt now. Uh, to replace Kenny Pickett because Caleb Williams came in there and took his job. And, you know, it, it's just been not a great career arc for Keaton Slovis. Honestly, like, if you flip his career around and you go, okay, this is, like, what he would start at and then you'd end at his freshman year, he might still be a first-round quarterback because he was that good at his true freshman season. He's been on a downswing since. So, again, a Banacanda is the guy to know on offense for, for that Pitt team. On defense, it really is kind of – there are more defensive players that are really good but there is one absolute superstar on Pitt's defense, and that is Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle. He has a 92.1 pass rushing grade this year. That's the highest among all interior defensive linemen in college football. He's the highest graded interior defensive lineman over the last three seasons too, 90.9 grade over the last three years. 
And Syracuse's interior offensive line is about average in terms of pass protection. So Kalijah Kansi can, can certainly have a very, very good game against Syracuse. So you have to key in on that guy. He's probably the best defensive tackle that Pitt has had since like Aaron Donald. And who's now, you know, a few, first out Hall of Famer, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, if not the greatest. Uh, Kalijah Kansi is terrific. Um, and another guy, there's, you know, their linebacking core actually is really, really good too. So Servasier Dennis, who Bones, you told me that Syracuse didn't even offer him, even though he's from Syracuse coming out of high school. Correct. Right? Yeah. And he wanted, we, he we wanted that to, media day. Yeah. And he wanted to play linebacker, right? And not quarterback. Syracuse recruited him as a quarterback, as like a two star quarterback. And he was like, no, nah, man, I'm going to, no. He wants and then to play he went and played a pit. I, yeah. I love that. I, I, we were talking about before. Like, that is just the ultimate football guy. He's usually the other way around. We're like, hey, we want you to play linebacker. And he's like, no, I'm a quarterback. No, this guy is like, no, I'm not a quarterback, man. I, I'm I'm going to hit people. I love that. So, Rossi Dennis, and speaking of hitting people, his 90.2 run defense grade is the second best for power five linebackers. He is a wow. menace in the run game. So, Sean Tucker is going to have a whale of a time with Rossi Dennis coming downhill. Uh, another guy, though, Shane, Shane Simon, their other linebacker, has an 88.3 coverage grade, which is the fourth best for power five linebacker. So you got one linebacker in Sebastian Dennis, who is amazing as a run defender. Another linebacker, Shane Simon, who is amazing in coverage. And like I mentioned, Simon's fourth best coverage grade in the power five. Right behind him is Syracuse's Derek McDonald. We haven't really talked about too much. He's an 83.8 coverage grade this year, wow. which is the fifth best in the power five. Not really too good in other areas. Not a great run defender or pass rusher, but in coverage, Derek McDonald is doing really well this year. Oh, uh, and overall, tight end. Yeah, overall, Pitt has the fourth highest graded linebacking core in the Power Five right now. So the really, really good linebackers at Pitt. Uh, Rondé Gadsden, got to throw some more yards, uh, some more stats out there. We love him. Uh, it leads all tight ends in the country in receiving yards, yards per route run, 15-plus yard catches, and receiving first downs. So Ronda Gadsden has been one of the best tight ends in college football. And finally, you guys mentioned, you know, the big quarterback battle going on in Syracuse, or not quarterback battle, but who will start a quarterback for Syracuse this weekend. Garrett Schrader, 88.8 grade this year, which is 10th in the power five. Carlos Del Rio Wilson in the limited snaps that we saw has a 68.9 grade, which is about 61st out of 105 power five quarterbacks. So, you know, there is a big difference. And I think, again, it, it could come down to who's under center for Syracuse as to, you know, if whether or not they have a shot at beating Pitt or they fall their third straight game. Totally. I mean, this is going to be – I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly. And you mentioned the guys that they have on that defensive end. Um, Habakkuk Baldonado is my Italian stallion. I, I love that guy. He's very um, good. He's got a fantastic name, too. Uh, but him, Servassier, Kalaja, those guys are all fantastic. And, and Syracuse is going to have to navigate that. But at the same time, outside of those guys, it's just not much, right? So you have to think it's going to be a shootout. How, what do you think, Owen? I honestly, <laughs> I was going to say this is a low-scoring game. Really? Um, <laughs> I think that yeah. – I think that uh, – well, I mean, I could see Syracuse having a hard time scoring only because the offense might be catered towards a new quarterback, and that could always give you trouble. But you think that Israel Abanakanda is not going to run through the defensive line? Here's my thing, though, is the run naturally slows down the game. Yeah. 
And that was where my, my low score comes from. Uh, I, I do think this is going to be a Tell run. Rushes for six game. touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would be, I guess, a lot of points. Then. So I, that's, that's, that's why we make a pick so that on Monday we can, we can criticize our pick. And I will say this, how exciting is next Monday? We're going to be recapping a Syracuse, hopefully win against Pitt and also previewing. I honestly, I didn't know opener. where you were going with that. And I got and a little previewing scared. a season opener. How about that for basketball? Yeah, uh, it's crossover season. That's true. I, I hadn't that. thought about that. That was All a right. nightmare for WAR sports talk crossover season. But for you guys, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. That was, I mean, yeah. Bones and Owen can both attest during. during so can you. Those, dude, those seasons sucked. That was the worst. When it was like, hey, I'm going to be in AER for six out of the seven days of the week this week. So, yes, sir. Got to live <laughs> Not that. today. Um, Monday. All right. Content will be thriving. We might need to do Home. two Monday episodes. We won't, but we could <laughs> in right. theory. <laughs> well, Max, we appreciate your time, uh, and we'll see you on next week's chat. Thanks, guys. That was your chat with Chadwick patent pending trademark on that um we've got more football to talk about and if you're a listener of this podcast and not a watcher you're getting some ads right about now okay uh time to continue to predictions oh and you got a key for this game and a prediction for this game my key to this game i hinted at it yesterday i will talk about it again today i am recycling because i think it is that important in real life and with today's content how about that for a pitch today i am going to say that our key to the game for syracuse is going to be to get out of the pocket and get the quarterback scrambling once again that was something that in that Notre Dame game, until Del Rio Wilson was put into the game, Syracuse was unable to do. And it is something that Pitt struggled with tremendously last week against North Carolina. Narduzzi talked about it in his press conference leading up to this game. His linebackers really struggled figuring out what to do when the quarterback got out of the pocket and Drake May uh, for UNC. And that is something that both Syracuse quarterbacks are very capable of, is getting out of the pocket and moving and forcing linebackers to make decisions. And I think that is Syracuse's key to success offensively. They have to, 100%, they have to make sure their quarterback is being mobile in this game so that you are forcing Pitt into much tougher situations. If your quarterback is not mobile and you try to turn either of your quarterbacks into a pocket passer, which neither of them are, you are going to get demolished offensively in this game. Get outside the pocket, move, scramble, throw on the run, and force Pitt's defenders to have to make tougher decisions than they would have to make if you stayed stagnant inside the pocket, especially given what Max just talked about with the pressure that can come from you know either the defensive line or those linebackers in the backfield as well. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, I think you're spot on right there. For me, I'm going to go as simple as possible. I'm going for the low-hanging fruit only because it's correct, and I talked about it on yesterday's pod, and it's if Syracuse is going to win this game, it's because they at least contain Izzy somewhat. You just have to contain him a little bit. Um, last year, to beat Syracuse, if you take away the run game, you basically win the game because they could not throw the ball. Keaton Slovis is better than 2021 Garrett Schrader, but I don't know by how much. 
Um, so I'm going to go with containing Israel Abanacanda as my key for a win in this game. What is your prediction? I said low scoring. You did. I got to stick to low scoring. That's true. You do. I don't know how low I want that score to be. That's my thing. I have ideas. I really do. <laughs> what uh, are they? And I've got two Please numbers that I'm going back and forth on. I see the over-under is 48. Think out loud. So I need it to be the under if I'm going to say low scoring naturally. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, let's go with an obscure score. 19 to 17. What? That's absurd. There's no chance in favor that of Syracuse. What are you what are you banking on? Like a safety or that like would be a, a touchdown and point? four field goals versus two touchdowns and a field goal. 19 to 17. I think this is a low scoring game. I think both offenses are going to rely incredibly heavily on the run game. I will say I do think Syracuse wins this game. I didn't add that to my take. I'm telling you, Syracuse 1917. This is an Andre Schmidt party. He is going to nail four field goals in this game. And I, I do think they win in a low scoring, close game. I think the clock is going to run. I think Pitt's going to be able to drive. But I do think that even with the injuries that you have seen in Syracuse's defense, the bend don't break has really worked and it has been embodied. And the next man up has worked and been embodied by the Syracuse defense. And I think they can do enough to contain Izzy a little bit. I do think Izzy scores both their touchdowns. I don't foresee them throwing a passing touchdown in this game. Um, but I am going to say weird score, low scoring, Syracuse win 19 to 17. And I, that will either be a genius poll or I will look like an absolute idiot on Monday uh, when we break this down. I look forward to it. Um, I'm going to go Syracuse with a win for the first time at Pitt since 2001. They win this one 24-21. I keep it simple right there. No obscure score for me. Um, but that's all we got on Locked On Syracuse today. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your next, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We'll talk to you on Monday after, hopefully, a Syracuse victory.